When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and former IBF middleweight world champion, Darren Barker. Today, we're going to unpack the biggest boxing card of the year and arguably one of the biggest boxing cards in recent memory, the Day of the Reckoning. In Saudi Arabia. We are going to start with the two main events where Anthony Joshua saved his best performance of the year till last when ab- with an absolutely demolition job on Otto Volin. Meanwhile, Joseph Parker upset the apple cart by defeating an out of sorts Deontay Wilder. We'll discuss where those two results leave the heavyweight division with a much talk about fight between AJ and Wilder now surely dead in the water. We'll also look at the best of the undercard. Daniel Dubois laid down a marker with a win over Gerard Millet. Jar Pattaya cemented his pound-for-pound credentials. And Dimitri Bibble showed why he is still one of the best fighters on planet Earth. Plus, given it's our final show of the year, we are going to attempt, and I say attempt, to crown both our fighter and fight of the year. Look, loads to get through in the next hour or so. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. But he surely must understand that they have lost this fight. And they have lost it by a wide margin. Terrific performance from Joseph Parker. Yes, the trilogy against Fury was tough. Yes, he's nearly 40 these days, Deontay Wilder. He's been out of the ring. All of those things are true. But what is equally true is that that was fantastic from Joseph Parker. Joshua is on the hunt. He's stalking, hunting his prey, looking to let that right hand go. The feature to Marlin now. Really just showing the scars of battle. I think Joey Gamash is going to stop the fight. I think he's going to stop the fight. Joey Gamash has stopped the fight. He's alerting referee Steve Gray to the fact that this man cannot go on. He looked at his man. He wasn't asking him. He was telling him. At the end of five rounds, the winner by technical knockout, he is AJ Anthony. Let's welcome in the Dazzler, Darren Barker. Darren, how are you, my man? I'm sadly, mate. I'm still a little... I don't know if it's jet-lagged or the fact that we didn't really sleep, did we? We went no. straight from the arena. What was it? About three o'clock. Yep. Straight to the hotel. I managed <laughs> to get a bath for 20 minutes, packed my stuff, back in the coach, and then we went to the airport. And then, uh, yeah, I probably had about two hours kip, so I'm still struggling a little bit, mate. Yeah, agreed. I don't. I, I was for the last couple of days. I've been like, "What day is it?" 
Is it Tuesday today? <laughs> is it Thursday? Like all, all over the place. But I mean, look, it's been a great year and we're going to talk about the year as a whole. But just on Saudi first, so not just Day of Reckoning, but Saudi's involvement in boxing. How would you say it's changed boxing? Obviously, they jumped into it. Well, they've been in it for a few years, but they went big time this year, didn't they? Yeah. Well, look, at the end of the day, we're getting what we want. Mm. Okay, some will say, why wasn't it AJ Wilder? Which, in hindsight now, is a shame because of what yeah. happened. But Crazy. Um, that card was unbelievable. Yeah. And without the input of Saudi, their involvement, that kind of show of that magnitude isn't happening. Yeah. It's not happening. Um, so I'm all for it. I'm all for it because I want to see more shows like that. It was, you know, from from start to finish, it was just a it was a mega fight instantly. You know, probably bar Philip Hergovich, the Mori, it was it was all you know pretty much blockbuster fights. It was uh, really really good, and um, yeah, mate, it was it was a spectacle. That's for sure. The week itself, it, it really was a spectacle. Yeah, I've always said that other sports kind of have, obviously, their Super Bowl, WrestleMania moments. We as boxing fans don't really have it. Like, you get a build-up to, like, a Champions League final or Game 7 of the NBA or or the Super Bowl. We as boxing, we don't really have something Mm. that we can look forward to at the end of the year. Like, okay, this massive card's coming. And I feel like with the Saudis now, you almost know that whatever event they put on, the undercard's going to be stacked as well. And it's been a bit... I feel like cards in recent years have been a bit thin because, you know, all the talent's been spread around so many different broadcasters and promoters. Mm. And obviously there are so many shows. You've got to have maybe one or two super fights and the undercards are maybe a bit weaker. I think with the Saudis now, it's top to bottom, as you say. I mean, Frank Sanchez opened a card. Do you know what I mean? Frank Sanchez. It wasn't the greatest (laughs) fight against Junior Farr, but Frank Sanchez is opening a card, which is crazy. Yeah, incredible. I mean, perhaps you might be onto something there. Maybe they might create a, a, a Super Bowl mm. scenario in boxing where once a year there is this giant of a card. Like I say, if I get one of those... Look, I remember talking when there, when there was rumours about this happening. We were saying, could you imagine if this happens? The Forget AJ fighting Wilder, but imagine them both being on the same card. Yeah, yeah. We were like, me, I remember me and you talking about it. We said... Can you imagine the energy in that room before? And look, it happened. It happened. We didn't get the result we wanted in one in one of the fights, but it did happen. So maybe that's something they may steer toward. You know, some some high level cards. But once a year, we have this flipping, you know, all out nutty uh, scenario where you're just you, you're looking at the card top to bottom, thinking this is incredible. This is why. Boxing is the number one combat sport out there because we're just doing these shows every year, week in, week out, um, where everyone's fighting the best. It, mm. like that That's what I dream of as a yeah. boxing fan. Indeed. Let's focus on it now. Um, Anthony Joshua headlined against Otto Volin. I guess with AJ now, there always is this kind of like, I guess a fear factor, especially me as a fan of these, is this kind of fear factor when I see AJ fight. Like, okay, are we going to see the AJ of old? Is he going to get hurt? And I'm, I'm guessing this year he's almost cleared that up for me now. Three fights, three good wins. Started with Jermaine Franklin, then knocked out Hellenius, and then absolutely destroyed Otto Volin. What did you make of not just AJ this fight, but AJ's year? Well, let me t- right. First off, the Franklin fight that's going to age well for me 
Yeah. He's a danger man. Mm. Let me tell you now, he's a danger man. I, we used the word quite a lot. We laughed about it a little bit as well. But it's a banana skin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a banana skin for anyone, Jermaine Franklin, because he's a nightmare. He's well schooled. Uh, he's got razor sharp hands. And yeah, though AJ wasn't as dominant as we'd have liked to see him, I, I think that will age well, that fight. And the way he ended the Hellenius fight, he straight away followed that up with a uh, brutal display against Wallin. Don't get me wrong, I think it, it helped that he kind of knew Wallin there, that amateur uh, past where they fought each other in the amateurs. But no, nonetheless, he, he followed that dramatic finish against Hellenius into that fight. And that's what we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, me and you in the studio and... I, and I couldn't believe how big he was. I, I just thought if he can get that power, that size, that physical presence into the fight, there's no way he's going to lose. And he'd done that straight away. And he, for me, uh, is a nightmare for anyone. I like, honestly, I I now, I, I now have him uh, a big favourite against Fury. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, like if he... Don't get me wrong, Wallin is no Fury, vice versa. But if AJ goes into the fight with that mentality, which he will, he will go into it with a seek and destroy mentality now. I think his confidence is very high. I haven't beaten Fury. Don't get me wrong, I think Fury overlooked in Garner. I'm going off on one a little bit here. But, yeah, like, that AJ don't lose to Fury, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, mentally, you're weak. I mean, people were talking about how... He was in a bit of a mood, right? Didn't want to speak to anyone, um, almost walking around angry. And if if he's going to produce like he did on Saturday, then I don't mind that. I mean, if you lose, yeah. then it's a bad thing, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah back up that energy mm. with a performance uh, that suits that personality. And he'd done that. He'd done exactly that. I don't mind that. I was in the studio, weren't I, when he came over <laughs> yeah. on the grand arrivals and he wasn't happy. He almost snubbed the three of us, me, Dev and Andy, in the studio. But... You know, what followed on Saturday answered those, oh, what's going on here, sort of questions, because he he was just fired up. It, that um, I liked looking at him in between rounds as well, listening to Ben Davison. You know, his eyes were fixed on, on Ben's, and already there seems to be some sort of chemistry there built, uh, some trust, which is so important. A lot of people are asking, is it a good thing? to have so many trainers. Well, look, I I understand it. It's, a, it's another string to your bow. There's just more information. It could be an information overload, but from, from AJ's standpoint, he looked like he was in a very good place. It's strange, though, isn't it? Because we never really got told the true story of what happened with Derek James. It was almost a case mm. of, like, okay, I'm with Ben. And a lot of people, I took it as though, okay, you're with Ben for this fight, but you're going to go back to Derek James. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's saying AJ is back to his best. We haven't seen AJ as good as this for years. That's it then, isn't it, with Derek? I mean, surely this is it now. You go full-time with Ben Davison and Lee Wiley. And maybe this Derek James-AJ thing, which was 2-0, and o, to be fair, maybe it's done. Yeah, uh, it looks that way because of the, the, the way he performed. Mm. It was, yeah, it was closer to the AJ of old, if you like. Um, and maybe just you know maybe the the lifestyle was a was a little difficult having to train in Dallas etc. I don't know. Mm. Uh, maybe it's a lot more simple, a lot easier. Um, 
maybe communication is just a little bit more simple. I don't know, but whatever the reason, I'm happy because he he looks comfortable. He looks he looks look he looks happy. He looks happy, and and that's important. Well, I say he looks happy. He looks happy after the fight, perhaps not before, but. That performance will certainly bring a smile to his face for sure. I see him backstage, and yeah, he was buzzing, and, and so he should be because no, he, be he well. done it. He done his part of that night, and uh, regardless of Wilder not winning, he's still gonna still gonna have huge opportunities. And I think all all sights, all focus will be on the winner of Fury Usyk now. Yeah, as it should be. Um, very quickly on Otto Wallin, obviously, look, the focus will be on AJ and, and that performance. How disappointed were you with Otto Wallin, who, who was speaking a good game in the lead up to it? Um, didn't really do anything, did he? I mean, no. he, looked, he almost looked gun shy and hurt from the very first run. But look, I said uh, in the build up that he's very versatile. He can fight on the front foot and fight on the back foot. So I was kind of half expecting AJ to hold the centre ring and, and Wallin to be on the back foot like he was in his last fight against Gassiev and try and sort of unsettle AJ and perhaps maybe uh, look for a single shot throughout the entirety of the, the contest and maybe look to, to stun AJ in the second half of the fight. But I I wouldn't necessarily say it was too much that what Wallin didn't do. I think it's more a case of what AJ did do. Mm. Um, he, he just didn't allow Wallin to get into the fight. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just sort of, you just can't get a foothold in the contest. And you got to remember, in the heavyweight division, it's the only division where you can weigh and be a lot bigger than your opponent. And AJ looked it in there and he and he made every advantage show. Yeah, You know, he was quicker, he punched harder, he was physically stronger. And sometimes you just, there, there is no answer for that. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was too much that Wallin, didn't do anything. He just wasn't allowed to. It was more down to AJ saying, right, I'm the boss. I'm going to be in control of this contest and there is no way you're going to get me out my stride. And that's that's what happened. Is the biggest takeaway from the weekend activity It's AJ's third fight. It was Joseph Parker's fourth fight. Obviously, Deontay Wilder has been inactive. Otto Volin's been semi-active. Jarrell Miller's not been active at all, obviously, because what he's happened. Daniel Dubois has been active. So mm. is it just almost a case of it shows more fights, the better. Obviously, look, fingers crossed, you can come through those fights and you're, you're not injured, but you fight, you're going to get better. 100%. Activity is so key. Uh, and, for, you know, for fans out there that have never boxed before, the, the best way I can des- not really describe it, but it's, it's your timing, it's your distance. Nothing feels alien. I took 14 months out of the ring once and Honestly, it's really weird wearing them small gloves and you're just falling short with a shot. So the more you fight, the more active you are. It it's second nature. You just sort of go in there and you're in your you're in your zone. But hundred um, percent, you see with those fighters that you just named there, it was the difference. It was the difference in there. Um, and uh, I think some of those fighters will be kicking themselves that they've not been busier for whatever reason whether it be political or injuries, whatever, sometimes you're just forced to sort of sit on your your hands a little bit. But for those that have been busy this year, it's just proof in the pudding. You've got to be busy. Yeah, you certainly have to. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk about the big upset on the card. Joseph Parker beating former WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. 
can crack him with one more combination. Long left hand, and he falls back into the corner post. The referee having a very, very good look here. A really good look. And he steps in, and he stops the fight. Daniel Dubois has won by stoppage with seconds remaining. Joey is going to stop the fight. I think he's going to stop the fight. Joey Gamash has stopped the fight. He's alerting referee Steve Gray to the fact that this man cannot go on. We went into the corner in exactly the right time. The winner by technical knockout, he is AJ Anthony Joshua. He believed in himself, his team believed in him, and they celebrate as the bell goes. Andy Lee raises his arms a lot. Jose Wilder raises the right glove, but he surely must understand that they have lost this fight, and they have lost it by a wide margin. To the winner by unanimous decision, from New Zealand, he is Big Joseph Parker. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with Adi Oladipo and former IBF middleweight champion Darren Barker. All right, um, let's talk about Joseph Parker upsetting the apple cart, right? I mean, we all had our plan set for AJ versus Wilder in March. I mean, Eddie said after the fight that it was done, it was signed. We're going to get a two-fight deal. They're going to do a nose-to-nose, face-to-face in the ring. And Joseph Parker said, not today, you're not. Not today. And ultimately, absolutely, easily beat Deontay Wilder. It wasn't even close. He won every no. single round. Yeah, he did. Um, but we said this, didn't we? We did. You know, if there was to be an upset in brackets, it would be this one. And why I say that in brackets, because, look, we're talking about Joseph Parker, a former world champion, somebody, in my opinion, who... Certainly after that performance has peaked. He's in his peak form now. Yeah. Only 31 years old. It's incredible. <laughs> Seems like he's been around. Well, he has been around forever. Um, but for me, the way he's performing now, because I, I said it before this one, beating Simon King, who look is no Deontay Wilder, but you can only beat in front of you. He looks very good. Quick hands. There was just this know-how about him. His ring IQ was spot on. The relationship he's got with Andy Lee and... Yeah, going into this fight, it was that banana skin. It was that fight where you thought, well, hold on a minute. This could be the one that lets us down. But I'm over the moon for, for Joseph Parker, if I'm honest, because he's a good lad and he, he he's not he's not had it easy mm. recently. The way he was beaten by Joe Joyce, everyone thought, ah, that's it, he's finished. That's, you know, forget it. That's the end of Joseph Parker. But the way he's rallied back, had faith in himself, his team, um, and, and and improved. That's yeah. most important. He's improved. He's not he's not plateaued. He's improved. He's got better. Like I say, the hand speed has improved. And he boxed perfect. That is the perfect way to fight someone like Deontay Wilder. Instantly got the centre of the ring uh, and forced, yes, the bigger puncher, but the smaller man back onto his heels and made Wilder... <clears throat> work he, he was he was moving a lot around the ring and he looked composed he always had space behind him parker for an escape for whenever wilder did mount an attack but there weren't many attacks coming his way he was completely out of sorts and was it the inactivity he only had that one round like you say against Hellenius. um but he was a shadow a shell of himself wilder and he, to be honest it was it was sad to see because Look, if you do carry that destructive power, and 
there were questions over his punch resistance, now 38, and that's the first thing that goes as a, from a fighter is your punch resistance. But the last thing that goes is your power. So let your hands go. Yeah. Let them go. But for he just couldn't he just couldn't detonate. Yeah. He couldn't pull the trigger. And uh, it was sad to see. And and you know what was even more sad was him raising his hands at the end as if to say, Yeah, I've won that fight. Like, come on, who are you kidding? Like yeah. there was absolutely no way. I think the last scorecard was the correct scorecard. It was every single round for Parker. Um and yeah, look, we, we haven't we're not gonna get to see the world of AJ fight, I wouldn't have thought, but good luck to, to Joseph Parker. He boxed well. He certainly did. And it goes back to what we said, activity. That was his comeback year, wasn't it? Four fights this year. And yes, it wasn't high level fights, but it was four fights. And then he ended it mm. with the biggest win of his career. Um, Wilder all week looked strange for me. Um, not the aggressive, angry Wilder that I'd sort of grown up watching. I wanted to see that guy. This guy was a bit more at peace with himself, right? Um, it was almost sort of a kind of a throwback to 1970s. Um, no war, peace and love. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I want to see war. I want to see war, Wilder. What are you, what are you doing here? Um, but yeah, it just wasn't great. What shocks me, and look, I think you've always said this to me, punchers dine out on the fact that they can punch. But mm. even punchers back in the day still had some boxing ability, whether it be Mike Tyson or, or Nigel Benn, there's still a, a boxing ability there. I can't believe that Wilder, who let's not forget is an Olympic bronze medalist, still just does all the basic things wrong. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's boxing ability, he's still wanting. And I'm like, how has Malik Scott or any other trainer not corrected some of those mistakes? Yeah, it like... It is it is uh, confusing if confusing if I'm honest because there he hasn't improved and and like I say that what I say to you is sometimes a, a fighter's main asset can be their letdown it can be their downfall the fact that a big puncher punches hard they can go looking for a li- looking for it a little bit too much and they become predictable and you can't be predictable at any top level sport let alone boxing and. That was what was so disappointing for me with Wilder is because, you know, he weren't even predictable. He weren't even looking for the shots. He just weren't letting his hands go. And to be honest, right, during the week, I, I was, what I see from Wilder was an extremely confident fighter. I was thinking, yes, he, he does look at peace. But that for me, I thought was was going to be, was, go, was going to lead to a dangerous performance because mm. I felt that it was somebody who had ticked every single box that he wanted a box uh, tick in, in boxing and was going out there now purely fighting for his own gains because he'd achieved winning a world title. He'd achieved earning fortunes. Uh, he'd achieved um, creating a big name for himself. Now it was about, right, let's go out there and just win and and, and become uh, a unified, undisputed heavyweight champion. I felt that his demeanour was quite a scary one, if I'm honest, okay. even though he was very um, confident and relaxed. I just thought he was going to go out there and, and do his thing, but he just couldn't get going. I mean, it was, again, I don't want to say anything away from Joseph Parker because he fought the right fight against um, and Wilder, but I don't know where he goes from here, if I'm honest, Wilder. Like, I mean, you could still make the AJ fight. It would still sell, in my opinion, but it's not the fight it was, does he want to rebuild? Can you Not see him rebuilding? That, but if I'm, if I'm his excellency, excellency, sorry, Turkey Al Sheikh, and I'm watching that ringside and I'm thinking, 
I'm not giving him 15, 20 million to come back here. I'm, I'm not saying well, what so the only thing he's got. Getting that. The only thing he's got, if he if he was to use an excuse, is that inactivity, that one round against Helena. So look, I like I've look, I've had twelve rounds there. I was well beaten, but I feel I've got my eye in now. I need to build from that, but I just don't. I just even don't, so, Daz. Even so, even if he does use that excuse, and it's a valid one, I still want to see the first four rounds wilder. That's and, then, what I'm and, then, and then after that, you can, I, I'm, you know, engine starts yeah. running low, you start mistiming, whatever. But at least give me three rounds. At least give me yeah. two. Give us nothing. I, 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 I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm trying, I'm, I'm finding an excuse for Wilder, but I'm with you 100%. You've got to let your hands go. Mm. You're arguably the biggest puncher the division's seen in years. Just prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Go and let let your hands go so he was he was gun shy of anything not gun ho he was he was afraid to let his hands go for the fear of what was going to come back and again I don't want to take nothing away from Parker because any time Wilder did let his hands go Parker was firing straight back yeah obviously no fear whatsoever and that's just how Joseph Parker's been fighting for years if you've been following him someone who did let his hands go was Daniel Dubois in the biggest win of his career against Gerald Miller who weighed I think 105 pounds more than him and I have to be honest with you, I thought Miller was going to get to Dubois and I thought it was going to be one of those where Dubois is kind of left wanting in the later rounds. But no, he dug deep, showed that heart that people have questioned and in the end stopped Jerome Miller. I mean, it was fantastic. Everything in the lead up to the fight, calling him his daddy, <laughs> the music coming out. <laughs> they kept it, playing it. it. Yeah, it was amazing. Shout out to DJ Majestic. But no, honestly, um, so happy for Dubois. I, I really am. I mean, if anyone on that card deserved and needed a win, obviously, apart from the big boys, it was Daniel Dubois. And he got it against a proper nemesis as well in Jarrell Miller. who Not just a nemesis because of how he was digging Dubois, but obviously the drug scandal as well. People wanted to see Miller get beaten down and Dubois beat him down. Yeah, he did. Look, I, I've got mixed feelings with Miller. Um, you know, firstly, I'm happy he got beat. And I'd like that to be the end of Miller because the amount of opportunities he's had and, mm. and fouled drug tests, it, it, you know, too many. And he and he should be banished from the sport. And Dubois could have been the man to do it. But then on the flip side, I think, you know, if you was a clean living athlete and and a very good boxer with his personality, it'd tick all the boxes. Yeah. He, yeah. like Because I so think good. he's the be- he's such a good talker. Yeah. Such a good talker. Oh, to so the point good. where he was making me laugh so much. You know, he's very quick-witted. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what went on back in 2018 um, and even prior to that in his kickboxing days, he just, you know, shouldn't have been allowed to fight. But he was... He was he was beaten up. He'll, he'll get another opportunity, though. If I'm again, if I'm a promoter and I'm looking at Jerome Miller, I want him on my card yeah, because he's, he's going to sell it. Big, but he'll sell it. He'll sell it, and he'll fight. I mean, he'll lose a bit of weight. Obviously, three hundred and thirty-five pounds is stupid. If he can come back down to three hundred, he'll lose some weight. I think this will humble him a little bit. But he'll sell the card. No one else really sold the card. If I'm honest <laughs> with you, he'll sell the card. Yeah, he will. Like brilliant talker, but. Yeah, I, I was the same as you early early on in that fight. I was a little concerned. I just thought even though Dubois was winning the rounds, he was breathing heavy. That the mouth of Dubois was wide open. He was gasping for for oxygen. And um I just felt this was all part of the plan for Miller. He was gonna get to Dubois late. He said the Q word to quit. 
word more than anybody in the build-up to this fight. Mm. You know, he doesn't have heart. He doesn't have the commitment, Dubois. And I'm going to prove it down the stretch. I'm going to make him quit. And it looked like it was going to happen, if I'm honest, uh, through the body language. But massive, massive respect to Dubois. He's ripped up anybody anybody's script that said he is a quitter that night because he dug in. He he had to find his second wind early in that fight. And um, to, to, there's always, like, to get a stoppage in the last round is a real buzz because it would have been easy for Dubois to coast. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was almost saying maybe he should stay out of trouble and just that you've won the fight. The only opportunity... Miller has is to, to to knock you out, stop you. So why engage? But he he wanted to prove to to most importantly himself that he's not a quitter. He's got heart. He's got courage, and he's done that in abundance on Saturday night. Honestly, and and he's really now put himself at the forefront, you know, of some real big fights. You know, yeah. you could you could. You know, you could sling him in there with these big names now. Of course, you could, 100%, 100%. You, you really can. Yeah, and that's that's the risk-reward, right? You take a, a big risk fighting someone like Jerome Miller, a bit unknown because of the drug problems, but that the reward should be that you get a big name and a big money fight in 2024. Uh, very quickly, finally, on Dubois, I spoke to Frank Warren after, um, and he was concerned as well, like you, I think, sort of round four or five, Dubois going back to the corner, breathing very heavily, and Jerome Miller looking like he's still got some. And I said, what did you scream? He said he didn't. He actually spoke to Dubois' dad and said, yeah. you need to go ringside and have a word of your son now. And you see Dubois' dad probably on camera, you probably see it. Dubois' dad sort of going up to Dubois and shouting at him, like, come on. Like, not Stroke again. Stroke genius. Yeah, not again. Like, sometimes you need that, right? Sometimes someone's going to kick you up the backside. It was a stroke of genius by Frank, you have to say, because I, I all of a sudden see Dubois' dad. He was in a bright blue suit and yeah. you just see him all of a sudden, in the corner, and he responded so well to it. Uh, and he and he mentioned his dad, didn't he, at the end of the fight, thanks for my dad for always, you know, supporting me and being there for me. And you can see the presence that uh, his dad had. And it, and arguably, arguably, it was it was the difference. It was that little bit, that extra percent that he needed. And um, yeah, it was really, uh, you know, I was I was a proud Brit sat there watching Dubois because you know, knowing what he'd been through. Knowing what he was up against, um, he'd done us all proud. Yeah, he said Most did. importantly, done himself proud. No, he did, he did. I'm happy for him. Biggest win of his career, as, as we said. All right, let's run through uh, quickly some of the rest of the card. Uh, it's a heavyweight card, so normally the scariest men are heavyweights. But the scariest man on this card was a cruiserweight, and that guy <laughs> is called Jaya Pattaya, who slept Ellis Zorro in the very first round. I think there was only like 10 seconds left on, on, in that round. Uh, Jaya Pattaya is going to be... I think a hard man to match. Um, I know he wants all the other guys. He wants Chris Bidham Smith. He wants React Paul. He's asked for the Akoli fight as well. Um, I almost feel like Eddie might struggle to get him these fights. I mean, look, money talks and Jai seems to be a bit of a draw now. So, you know, these fighters will fight if there's money on the table, but he's a scary guy. For me, he's uh, he's very scary. And though he's hard to match, the reason he's hard, to, it won't be hard to match is because he's going to be so hard to beat. He dominates his cruiserweight division. Nobody, mm. nobody in the cruiserweight division beats Jair Pattaya. Nobody. Yeah. So I think let him get in their unified division, let him move up 
to either bridge weight or heavyweight, you know, ASAP because hanging around in this division is pointless. He's going to clean up. He's good. He's now become my favorite fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's like, I love everything about him. His demeanor. He scares the life out of me. He, you know, you say hello to him and he growls at you, you know, like he's just an absolute beast. And when he gets in the ring, I mean, he, his footwork, his, the power, the speed, the no, you've got to remember, like we spoke about this, 16 years old, he's an Olympian. He's going to Olympics Crazy. 16 fighting grown men. You know, like it, there's just this fire in his eyes. This man, like I believe it's, it's a different personality to Jarrell Miller, to mention him, but it's, it's box office personality. It's mm. scary. It's that Tyson, you know, that prime Tyson personality. Like I say, the best way I can describe it is there's a real fire in his eyes that he wants to seek and destroy. He doesn't hang about. He gets in the ring and he, he is looking to end that fight as quick as possible. And that left hand to close the show. I mean, Zorro dropped right in front of us right in front of us, and he was gone. And it was just like, you know, I, I felt sorry for Zorro because he's a, he's a good lad and he dared to be great by, you know, stepping in there with the, the best in the division. But, wow, I mean, talk about levels. Yeah, no, serious levels as well. I think Dimitri Bivol showed that there are levels in the light heavyweight division as well. It was comfortable in the end. I think he called it a sparring session when he took on Lyndon Arthur. And Agit Cabial got... An incredible win that not many people are talking about against Arslan Bak Mahmoudov, Agit Kabir, European heavyweight champion. He's going to want some big fights as well. So overall, fantastic. Enjoyed it. A good way to end the year. All right, you're listening to Find Out Extra on TalkSport 2. That's it for the day of reckoning. But up next, we're going to hand out some awards here on Find Out Extra, starting with Fighter of the Year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo alongside former IBF middleweight champion Darren Barker. All right, let's do it. Fighter 
of the year. It's award season. Um, this one is very, very difficult. Now, I've got my list. I think this this is my list of the people that are in the discussion, Daz. So I've got Terence Crawford, obviously, undisputed, £147. Fantastic win against Errol Spence. I've got Devin Haney moving up, um, undisputed at 135, moving up and beating maybe the number one in Regis Pro Grade, dominated him. Inoue, in the early hours of yesterday morning, um, we're filming this on Wednesday, um, beating Tapales to become undisputed super bantam or junior feather, whichever way you call it as well. And I've got Bam Rodriguez um, for that fantastic win over Sonny Edwards. A lot of heat going into that one, unifying the flyweight division. That's my four. Have you got a right, similar there's, there's four? There's only two names in there. There's only two names in there that can <laughs> be that can be fighter of the year, and that's Crawford and Anuwe. Okay. And the reason I say that is because they are the only two people in the four belt era to unify or be undisputed champ in two divisions. So, yes, good shout. Yes, they know. they it has to be one of those. And for me, I'm going to go Anuwe. And the reason I'm going to Nui is because he stepped up at the start of the year, whenever it was, to beat Stephen Fulton, yep. to instantly move up from bantamweight to super bantamweight to unify the division. So straight away in his first fight in a new division, he becomes unified champion. Mm. And then the second fight after that, he's undisputed champion. So for me, a Nui, he's only had two fights, but the two fights are massive fights. And look, I know Terence Crawford fought his long-time rival uh, and dominated Errol Spence, absolutely dominated him, but still become undisputed champ. I think, what is the point in having all of these belts if holding them all doesn't mean something? If it doesn't, you know, being undisputed champ has to be the, the pinnacle. Yeah. Pinnacle. Mm -hmm. And Anuwe has done that twice now. Um, which, so which by me, the way, is sensational. And Inoue beating, as you say, Stephen Fulton and Tapales, who are number one and number two in the division, is incredible. But, and this is where the butt comes for Terence Crawford for me, but Fulton and um, Tapales weren't ever recognised as pound-for-pound -pound fighters. Very good fighters, but no one had them in their top 15, top 20 pound-for-pound Crawford beating Spence not only was number one versus number two, not only was it the undisputed fight, it was at the time Crawford number two pound for pound versus Errol Spence number five, number four pound for pound. You were talking about not just the two best welterweights, but two of the best fighters on planet Earth. The biggest fight in years and Crawford went in there in a 50-50 fight and obliterated him. In mm. what was a 50-50 fight. Inoue's gone in there against Fulton, who was a fantastic fight. That fight was never 50-50. And nor was the parlors. I think everyone said Inoue's going to be win both. I remember in the lead-up to Spence Crawford, people were literally on the fence with it. I think a lot of people said Crawford. A lot of people said Spence. And and what Crawford did to him, I don't think anyone predicted that. Like, he, just, he dropped yeah. him in the second round. Spence has never been dropped before. Spence is the bigger, supposedly stronger guy. And Crawford out-bullied him, out-fought him, and out-boxed him. Yeah, and that's why I got Crawford number two. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I got Crawford number two. Like, I don't want to make excuses, but I'm 
Crawford didn't look right in that. Uh, sorry, Spence didn't look himself in that fight. Oh, know. here we go, here we go. So when, when, so when, when Crawford, Crawford's so good, Crawford, Spence doesn't look great. Crawford is my favourite, like, bar up a tire, he's my favourite fighter. Yeah. You know, he is my favourite fighter. Um, he's he's the person that I can't wait to see fight next. Um, but I just think stepping up into the super bantamweight division and instantly in your first fight unifying, forget who he, you know, you can only beat he's in front of you. Agreed, agreed. And then, and then become an undisputed champ in your, your second fight in the division. For me, you know, he's had a, an extra fight on Crawford. Um, yeah, no, that's the one thing that you're right. It's, it's a it's a bad look on Crawford. I mean, you fought um, you fought Spence in when was it? I think it was May, June. I can't remember. My head's gone. Or April. For you to only have one fight in 2023 is is, is shocking. Yeah. E- even if it's just a gimme fight, you, you've got to stay busy. You've got to have another fight. So that's the one bad mark on Crawford. The, the, the other reason I think I'm giving it to Crawford, and not you're making a great argument for um, for Inoue, is just. Me growing up, it was always about big fights in Vegas. Like watching it, it was a big fight in Vegas. It was the, the bright lights. So to be in Vegas for that one, all the stars out, you look ringside, all the Hollywood stars, all the rappers, NFL player. Like this was it. This was what I've watched as a kid, all those Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis fights. And to be there and see Crawford in his biggest moment, a guy that's been denied opportunities because he's on the other side of the road, right, with Bob Arum and Top Rank. So finally he gets the opportunity to cross the road if you like, and fight a PBC guy, all the pressure on him to deliver, and he delivered. Eminem walks him out as well, dude. I mean, come on. Yeah, but he, he didn't walks rap. out of Eminem. Me, I was so let down. He didn't rap. I know. I, I know. wanted Eminem to rap the song. But yeah. again, Ade, that's why he's number two for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's so on that then? I'm guessing. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll talk about Devin Haney as well, who deserves a mention. But is that your number one and number two pound for pound then as well? Yes. Okay, fair. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. Yes. That, that makes sense. All right, Devin Haney then. Um, obviously, I had him in my list just because he was undisputed at £135. He has fought twice this year and it's not been two easy fights as well. Vasily Lomachenko, tough fight. Asked him questions, came through that one, raised a fin, and then he moves up a weight class. Again, like your Sander Nui did, he moved up to weight class and fought arguably the number one in the division, right? The WBC yeah. champion, Regis Progray. And obliterated him, schooled mm. him. Why is he not in the discussion? Um, he's very close to it, but I just feel the undisputed uh, element yeah. again. What is the point in this unification and become an undisputed champ if it doesn't mean that you are this mammoth name in the sport? For me, to unify and become undisputed champ is yeah, r- ridiculous. And to be able to do that in two divisions is incredible. So the two guys that we mentioned, Crawford and Anoue, have done that. So for me, it's that extra. And and the fact that Anoue went up to another division mm. um, in, in this year is the reason. I just feel, he, you know, that that's the reason. But Devin Haney, what a, what a year he's had. And he's become one of the marquee names yeah. in world boxing. Yeah, you know, he really has. He's uh, a very good fighter. I mean, I, I, I think I called that. I, I did think he would win. Uh, maybe thought it might be a bit closer, but he scored him, just showing the level uh, he's at 
he's just a very, very good fighter. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of next year we're saying Haney is the fighter of the year. Yeah, agreed. And sort of really climbing that ladder when it comes to pound for pound rankings as well. Massive guy will be at 147, maybe even 154 as a landing spot. I saw him on the weekend. Very, very big 140 pounder. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. There you have it. There's our, our fight of the year. I'm going Terence Crawford. Darren Barker's going Inoue. No problems with that. Up next, we're going to try and agree on our fight of the year. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, former IBF middleweight champion, Darren Barker with us as well. It's been an incredible year in boxing. Uh, before we talk about our fight of the year, how would you grade it or, or score it out of 10 this year in boxing, Daz? Oof. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I have to go high. I mean, I have to go high. Eight? Yeah. Yeah, for me, for because... me, for me as well. Eight. Yeah, because of the you know the show that I mean, look, even uh, Fury and Garnu, you know, the event I, I was I wasn't there, but the event was massive. A lot mm. of names turned out, and a lot of eyes were on boxing. So you've got to say that that was only positive for the sport, though a lot of people thought it was the opposite. I don't see how it can be because there was new eyes on the sport, and then to to finish the year with Day of Reckoning. Um, where you're creating this huge show. I think it's been a very, very big show, some big fights, you know, like we say, Crawford uh, and Spence and Newey doing what he's done, Haney doing what he's done. Um, some of the, the UK fighters really making names for themselves. You know, like, yeah, it's been a brilliant year. I'm, yeah. I'm, and, and, and it can only get better and it will be better next year for sure. Yeah, for me, eight out of 10 as well. I think the heavyweight division let it down, but then these last couple of shows, the Fury and Garner one, which was a heavyweight card, some good heavyweight fights on that one. This one was really a heavyweight card as well, Day of Reckoning. Mm. So I almost feel like the heavyweights caught up. And although we didn't get the undisputed heavyweight title fight, I feel like the other fights in and around it, let's not forget, we got, let's not forget, sorry, we got Joe Joyce, Zhang twice as well. So I thought overall, so many undisputed fights, I thought it's a fantastic year. In fact, now I'm talking nine. Like, honestly, nine. It's one of the best years I can remember in boxing. All right, let's go. Fight of the year. Um, now for me... I've got a list in front of me, but I'm going to sort of go away from this oh, list. four. You've got four, yeah. I've got one. I've got one. And my fight of the year, I wasn't there, and I was so disappointed that I wasn't there. But I've watched it back several times now, and I have to give it to Joe Cordina versus Shavkat Rakimov, yep. which I thought was just war. Like, painful, brutal, gut-wrenching, almost, you know, cover-your-eyes war. And I just can't... I, and obviously... There must have been so many others like that, right? Whether it be higher level or lower level, but that's the one that just springs to mind immediately. Yep, uh, that is on my list. Um, and yeah, could could be could be number one. All right, what else it you got on your list then? What else you got on your list? Sam? I'm excited. I about thought, your list. I, do you know what? I thought Wood Warren was uh, epic the way it ended. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You one. know, yeah. like it was because I was. Do you know why I say that and some may laugh at it? It was just because I I and many wasn't expecting that kind of performance from Warrington. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, and he and he was out of boxing uh Wood. But like all of Wood's recent fights, they've all become Rocky films. Mm. You know, like the the endings are so dramatic and there was <laughs> that, you know, should it have been start, blah, blah, blah. That bit of controversy always makes for a good talking point. 
Mungia Deryachenko. Oh, um, Jesus like, Christ. You know, brick versus that, brick. Yeah, just just nuts. Nuts. And I mean, I like that was just a war, absolute war. And, you know, who who is not looking forward to Mungia Ryder now because of that? You know what I mean? And the performance that Ryder showed his heart and courage against Canelo makes for a brilliant fight. Baturbia versus Yard. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. To be that, fair, that yeah. A, that was another good fight. You know, it was at stages A, you thought Yard was going to, you know, was going to rip up the script and sort of be the leading player in the division alongside Bivol. But, uh, yeah, look, Cordina Rakimov was just... Look, and I have to give a shout-out to, to, to both... Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron, hundred uh, percent. I'm happy you well mentioned that. The the atmosphere, atmosphere at both uh, was just the atmosphere electric. in the second one, though. I mean, the first one was good. Katie Taylor's homecoming, and it was you know it was it was as expected. But the second one, the atmosphere in the second fight, does <laughs> Jesus Christ, stupid, stupid. I mean, it was deafening, absolutely deafening, and the performance that Katie Taylor put in was, you know, she rolled back the years. I didn't think it was possible. I thought Chantal Cameron, if anything, was going to perform better than she did in the first fight and perhaps even stop uh, Taylor. So for Taylor to rally back and and put in a career-best performance was, was unreal, that coupled with the atmosphere. But going back to Cordina Rakimov, it was just... Uh, it it was exhausting, <laughs> absolutely exhausting, and um, yeah, I like. I mean, both fighters can be so proud of. It. I remember, you know, being gutted for Rackhamer watching him. You know, I'm, I was thrilled, a big, uh, you know, supporter of Cordina, a big friend of his. Uh, but seeing Rackhamer, you know, a tough Russian like him crying in the ring afterwards, yeah. you know, you just felt so sorry for him because he left everything in the ring that night but just got beaten by a wizard yeah got beaten by the welsh wizard yeah uh, as we wrap a uh, quick one and i think it's important to mention the biggest fight of the year right the fight that generated the most money um this year was javante tank davis versus ryan garcia in, in vegas no belts yep. as well which is interesting everyone's been talking about it's about the fights not the belts and these two i think it showed that once the big names come together there's still a massive appetite from boxing fans and they will pay. They will pay. They'll bums on seats. They'll do everything, right? As long as you can match the big fighters with each other. And I think that proved it. Ryan Garcia versus Javante Tank Davis. And fingers crossed again, we get some big fights in 2024. Uh, Daz, appreciate you jumping in. Um, thank you, mate. For Gareth A. Davis. It's been a good year on Fight Night Extra. We thank you to everyone that have been listening to our podcast and downloading and sharing and watching the clips on YouTube as well. And no doubt, with what we've already got in store for next year, Candace Smith versus Paterbiev right at the start of the year, next year uh, our podcast will be flying as well. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 